Father Lord, our purpose in this life. We thank you and we praise you. It is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Once again, good morning. Indeed, it is good to be here this morning. We thank and praise God for all that he does. And we take nothing at all for granted. You want to read in your hearing, if you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. Written by none other than that disciple which Jesus loved. The 14th chapter. And we're going to read just one verse in your hearing this morning. Verse number 27. And it reads, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. From this passage of scripture, I would like to pin for a thought, another gift for you this morning. And it is the gift of peace. The gift of peace. There's every time that we needed peace in this world, it's right now. There's so much that is going on in the world today that is beyond our control. There's absolutely nothing that neither you nor I, nor either the powers at be can do anything about. Because we live in a world that is conflicted. We live in a world that is confused. We live in a world that is dominated by Satan and sin. And there's really nothing we can do about it. But what we can do is that we can live in peace. You see, because peace as the Bible defines it in the New Testament does not mean that it's going to be the absence of trouble. As a matter of fact, as the Bible describes peace, it is peace in the midst of trouble. In other words, this peace is not predicated on your circumstances and your situations. As a matter of fact, if you really want to know the truth of the matter, the best way that peace can really be seen is in the midst of trouble. It's easy to be at peace when things are going well, when all of your bills are paid, when there's no naysayers, there's no people that are coming up against you. It's easy to, 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 to look like you have peace at that time. But the reality of it is that even when there is no trouble in your life, even when there's no enemies beating down your door, there's still internal struggles that we have that we do not have peace in. There is a need for peace. And some of us have have, have taken the band-aid of devoiding ourselves from trouble 
and perpetrating it as being peace. But it's really not. Because just as trouble comes and it goes, it'll come again. My question to you, how do you handle that? Because it seems it's like just as I get out of trouble, I find myself back in trouble. Listen here, Job, Job put it this way. He said, a man that is born of a woman is of a few days, but full of trouble. In other words, what Job is saying, that, that, that I understand that life is short and it's fleeting. And if you listen to Job, you would determine that most of his days were troubling days. Because there are times that we get consumed by our trouble. When we're in trouble, it seems like trouble is always there. When I look in front of me, there's trouble. When I look on the side of me, there's trouble. And if you're a Bible-believing Christian, it should more increases the fact that trouble is on every hand. Because Bible-believing Christians understand the state of the world in which we live in. You see, because I see the world, I see it for all the wickedness that it offers. I'm not fooled by these momentary stoppage of war. I'm not fooled by, you know, the absence of trouble. Because I know that trouble is always there. I know the trouble is always looking for somebody to work his treachery through. And so when I look at folk, when I, when, I, when I deal with people who are troubling, I realize that it's not them. And so therefore, I have this peace. But understand, understand that, that, that when Jesus wrote this, he's writing it to his disciples. He's having this, this, this discourse with his disciples in the upper room right before he's going to Calvary. And Jesus has perhaps given them the worst news that they could ever receive. He said, I'm about to leave you. He said, I'm about to go. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. Well, Jesus, what are you talking about? Let not your heart. We've been dependent on you for three years. You've been our rock. You've been our provider. You've been our strength. It was you, Jesus, that defended us in the face of the enemies. Jesus, you were the one that fed the 5,000 with two fish and five barley loaves of bread. What do you mean you're going to leave us? Jesus, we were banking on you, setting up your kingdom here. Letting us rule with you here on earth. Jesus said, yeah, but the time will come for that. But right now, I must leave you. And he speaks these words to try to calm them in their troubled hearts. When he says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, he's saying he's proclaiming his deity to his disciples. And what he's really saying is that my kingdom is beyond this world. You're looking for an earthly kingdom, but it's beyond this world. 
He, he, he tells them that, 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 that he's preparing a place for them. And that if he prepares a place for them, he'll come again and he'll receive them unto himself. He's, he's commanded them to not let your heart be troubled. And that's what I have for you today. today. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because there is a peace that God comes to offer you. So we'll look at it in three phases. The first phase is the necessity of peace. And then secondly, we'll look at the nature of peace. And then we want to examine the pursuit of peace. The necessity of peace. Jesus knew that these disciples would need the peace that he offered. He knew that because he knew what they were going to come up against. And just like Jesus understood and knows the, the difficulties that these disciples would face, don't you realize that God knows your things that you're going to come up against? God already knows what your challenges are going to be. When you get up in the morning, God knows every pitfall you're going to come up against. He sees every obstacle, every challenge that you're going to come up against. And he offers you his peace. Because he realizes that in peace we have safety. Peace is a calmness. It is an inner tranquility that God gives us. It's that calm, quiet spirit that we have in the midst of the storm. And you need that. Because on our own, we cannot do it. And that's why people are losing their mind. Yes, even in the church. Because we have not learned how to walk in God's perfect peace. Isaiah put it like this. He said, those whose minds are stayed on him, he'll keep them in perfect peace. And so you, we need to learn how to keep our minds stayed on Jesus. You, you, you can't always look at your problems and your circumstances and your situations because if you look at those, you begin to sink like Peter did. But, but if you focus, keep your mind on Jesus, he'll give you that perfect peace. He'll, he'll, he'll give you that peace that will surpass all understanding. That peace that not the world can give it to us. He's the only one that can give it to him. So, so, so in the text, he said, he, said, he said, peace I leave with you. Jesus is leaving this peace because he knows that they would need it. In some translations, it reads like this. The peace I leave, leave, leave with you is the gift of God. In other words, this peace is a gift that God has given us to make us, uh, be, let us be able to extend, go through the, the situations that we're coming into. Slow down, Terry, slow down. It is a peace that God wants us to have. It is a gift from him. It is, it is like God has taken this peace and, and packaged it up. And he's given it to us as a gift. But much like the gift of salvation, it is a gift that has been left on the table. And if you will not pick up the gift, 
if you will not open the gift, you will never be able to experience the gift. And the problem with most Christians is that you have not picked up the gift of peace and unwrapped it that you might be able to experience the peace in which God comes to give you. Help me, Holy Ghost. Some of, some of us have the gift of peace still sitting on the table. And God is saying, if you would just pick it up, I've got you. And when we do not do that, and when we will not do that, we're left to fight battles on our own. There, there are a whole lot of times that I am tempted to fight battles on my own. And usually I get my head caved in. Because understand that without the peace of God, I am no match for Satan. Without the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm no match for Satan. And so Jesus is telling them, he said, I'm leaving you with this gift. It's on the table, but it is up to you as believers. It's up to you to bask in, to live in the peace in which God gives you. I, I, listen, I've never so many, seen so many Christians that's ready to pick up arms and cut people's ears off and, and, and fight wars. When you got this peace that God gives you. Listen, the reason why we get out of scope sometimes is because we have these unrealistic expectations of people. And when they don't meet them, then we have a problem with it. But the Bible declares that we are to live peaceably, with all men, as much as lies within you. That, I, I, listen, I want to touch on that. Because most of us think that that's an excuse for us to say, well, I've gone enough. I've gone far enough. That's all that lies within me. I can, I can do what I need to do. But my re retort to that is, well, what lies within you? Because if it's the Holy Spirit that lies within you, It'll have you go further than you really want to go. The Holy Spirit will allow you to go extend yourself further than you really thought you could. You don't, you don't have to cuss folk out. You can live in peace. Because that's what Jesus left it for. Listen here, the disciples didn't get it initially. Because in a few chapters later, we see that, 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 that Peter pulled out his sword and cut off uh, one of the servants' ears, calling himself defending Jesus. Jesus said that I am the Prince of Peace. And understand that Jesus is the only one that's authorized to give true peace. So we see there is a need for peace in our time today, in our lives today. You see, a lot, a lot of us don't have a real clear view of what peace is. Listen, in, in the New Testament, there are two types of peace that the Bible talks about. The one peace is what's known as objective peace. This is the peace that is given to you that you have no control over. You have absolutely nothing to do with it. And what it says is that you have peace with God. And then there's what's known as subjective peace. This peace is based upon your experiences as you go throughout life. How can I have peace in the midst of a negative diagnosis from the doctor? 
How, how can I have peace when they're coming to evict me from my house? How can I have peace when they give me a pink slip and tell me that next week is my last day? It's predicated on what's happening and what's going on in our lives. This is the peace of God. But understand that you cannot have the peace of God without having peace with God. Did you get that? Here's what it looks like. All of us were dead in our trespasses and sin and on our way to hell. All of us were enemies of God. And if it was not for the shed blood of Jesus Christ who died upon the cross for our sin, was buried and rose again, we would still be at odds with God. We'd still be enemies of God. But it's because Christ died for our sins and we've accepted that, listen here, by faith. We're trusting God. Then we have peace with God. We're no longer God's enemies. Now we've become sons and daughters of God. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'll run through a brick wall for my kids. Just imagine what God would do for us. Because we have this peace with God. We can have the peace of God. You can't have the peace with God unless you're in a relationship with him. You can't have the, the peace of God unless you, you're walking in obedience to him. Unless you're allowing the Holy Spirit to control your actions and the things you say, the things that you do. And it all comes by our faith in God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So where is your faith at when it comes to this? Well, we see the necessity of peace. Now we want to look at the nature of peace. Jesus says right here, he says, my peace I give unto you. The nature of this peace is Christ Jesus himself. It is his own personal peace. And what we must do is we must look at how Christ handled difficult situations. You remember when they were going over to the other side and the winds began to rock and reel the boat and the disciples thought they were about to die. Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping. That's the kind of peace he had. And this is the same kind of peace that we are to have as well. You call yourself a Christian, being Christ-like. Well, we need to walk in the things that Christ did. Which one of the ones that spited Christ on his cheek did he swing back at? When they lied on him, did he say anything? Then what's our problem? People can't say nothing to us without not wanting to get back at them. This is the peace that he had. The problem with it is that, that we have these unrealistic expectations of people and don't realize that, that understand that, that, that people really are being used by the enemy. That's what it really is. And so there's no need for you fighting people when you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, when you submit yourself to his word. 
This is not a suggestion. We must have his personal peace. I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of when, when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate. And he began being asked Jesus about his kingdom. And Jesus stands there just as cool, just as calm. And he answers his questions to the point to where Pilate gets upset. And he said, don't you know I have the power to let you go or to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus said, just as calm, he said, you wouldn't have any power over me unless my father gave it to you. And understand, that's what you need to start telling some folk that you don't have any power over me. It's not that I'm being cocky or arrogant or anything, but I know whom I serve. I know whom I belong to. And I know that I, have, I serve a God that's well able to take care of every circumstance, every situation that I come up against. So there is no need for me to act outside of the character in which God has given me. If you're a Christian, we ought to act like Christians. And not, that's not just coming up here in church, throwing up your hands, saying hallelujah. What do you act like outside of here? How much can you really take? Well, let's look at Jesus. This is his personal peace. He said, my peace I give to you. And he goes on to further define, he said, not as the world gives it. You see, because the world will give you the parameters of how far your peace ought to go. And it falls far short from what Jesus exemplifies. So this is his personal peace. And we are to have the same type of peace that Jesus has. What would Jesus do in a situation? How would he respond? How would he act? And oftentimes I heard in Bible study, well, I ain't Jesus. Well, you need to act like him. Because that's what we've been called to. Make sure you make your calling and election sure. Why? Because you are being watched. And when you operate and you walk in peace, it glorifies God. But if you're out here fighting, cussing, like everybody else, it brings no glory to God. Did you not know that, 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 that you were picked out to be picked on? Did you, did you not realize that, that God has placed you in some places that, that, that people are going to come up against you? Some of this is by design. Because there are some folk that need to see how much you can really take. Because if I'm doing the same thing that they're doing, why do they want what I have? I need to be a demonstration of Christ. I need to let people know and see that I can take just about what Christ could take. I can't take everything Christ could take. Because he gave up everything. He gave up all. And so we need to look at that as well. How far are we willing to go? How far are you willing to go? How far will you go? 
what's going to happen the next time someone sets something off with you? When they say things the wrong way to you, how will you react? Well, Jesus tells them that not only are we to look at the, uh, the necessity of peace or the nature of peace, but we are to pursue peace. And here's what he's talking about in, in that same verse 27. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So here we're to pursue after it. Jesus said, let not. This is a command from Jesus. This is a command that we are not to worry about circumstances and situations. We are not to worry about people. We are not to be worried about folk. But we're to let not our heart be troubled in trusting in him. Because when you begin to let worry creep in, when you begin to let fear creep in, then you act outside of faith. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk and to operate in faith. Stop walking in our own abilities. Listen here, I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I got so tired of being beat up by Satan. I got tired of acting out on my own and then going home and feeling bad about it. I got tired of... Of, of, of dealing with the guilt of things that I had said that I, I know I had no business saying. I got tired of not metaphorically turning the other cheek to get back at people, to have revenge on my mind. I'm tired of that. I had to let go of that because the reality of the thing is that it was killing me. And this is the reason why God gives us his peace. Because the reality of it is that you are killing yourself. If you keep letting the cares of this world tear you down. If you keep fighting that coworker, if you keep fighting that loved one, if you keep fighting that neighbor. And I know all of us have some neighbors that we wish we did not have. At least I do. I know I got some. I woke up this morning, they was running, their dogs was running around in my backyard. I wish I didn't have them. But God has given me a love and a peace with them. To where I'm going to act in love. And I'm going to live peaceably with them. Why? That God's light might be shined in their hearts. And that hopefully one day they might receive what I have. The gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to pursue peace because it is the tool in which we have to witness to this world. Because when you act in peace, you don't act out of your flesh. Understand, this is a spiritual thing here. This is, this is not necessarily physical. This is a spiritual thing. And if you will not get yourself right spiritually, you cannot really enjoy the peace in which God comes to offer us. Stop fighting and start trusting God. Stop fighting and start praying for those one. I, I, I try to pray for my enemies every day. 
Yes, those ones that don't, do not mean me any harm. I try to pray for them every day. Because I realize that there's only one thing that will change them, and it's God. And much of the same way in this world, there's some stuff in this world we cannot change. The only thing that's going to change it is God. But in the meantime, we can walk in his peace. We can enjoy the gift of his peace. Scripture says that, that God comes to bring peace and goodwill to all men. That's what, the, that's what, that's what the, the angel said. Glory to God. Peace, goodwill to all men. Now, on the surface, it looks like that means world peace, but that's not what it means here. It means that the ones who are walking in God's favor will have this peace. This is the peace with God. You must have this peace with God. If you're sitting here and you have not been saved, or you're on the fence, Maybe you don't know whether or not you're saved. You need to make that right today. You need to have peace with God. You see, because when you have peace with God, God takes away all the shame, all the guilt, and he gives you a brand new start. You've got to have peace with God. It's an awesome price for a gift. The average gift, they said, is going to cost about $150 this year with inflation. Well, understand that pales in the price that was paid for the gift of peace that Jesus came to give. Jesus came down and lived as a man. He showed us how to live peaceably with all men. And even though the scribes and the Pharisees came against him and were always combating him, Jesus still acted in peace. There were a few times that Jesus took a cord and went into the temple and, and kicked everybody out. But he was a peaceful man. He was a man of great peace. He was a man that went about doing good, blessing people, healing the sick of their diseases, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, Turning water into wine. This is what he did. A very peaceful man. But that's exactly the thing that got him in trouble. With that he was a peaceful man. And his enemies really could not understand. How can in the, in the face of everything that we're throwing at you, you can still love us and still act in peace? And so they doubled down on it. And they had Jesus arrested. They lied on him. They mocked him. They beat him. They marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They took him before Pontius Pilate. And they accused him of setting up his kingdom here on earth. Jesus plainly said that my kingdom is not of this world. If it had been, I would have called my father and he would send a legion of angels to deliver me out of this. He said, but I come to give my life a sacrifice. I come to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus understood his purpose. And his purpose was to come and die for the sins of humanity. And that's exactly what he did. He let nothing deter him from that. 
Yes, he went on up to Calvary's cross. They nailed him in his hands and riveted his feet. Put a crown of thorns on his head and pierced him in his side. But he never said a mumbling word. He never defended himself. He was at peace with this. All the way to Calvary. He hung his head in the locks of his shoulders and he died for your sins. He died for my sins. They buried him in a tomb and there he stayed all night, Friday night, all day Saturday. But early on Sunday morning, he rose with all power in his hand. It's the peace that he offers us. This was the price for the peace that he had to die. A death like he died. Because of that, we have the peace with God. And so therefore we can enjoy the peace of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that is the gospel message. God wants to give you eternal life. And all it takes is a simple step of faith and trusting him. Because eventually he is coming back to set up his kingdom here on earth. He's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming back for his redeemed. My question to you, will you be ready? Will you be ready for him when he comes back? The door to the church is open. Please stand to your feet. If you want to experience